Well, thank you, everybody, and thank you, Robert. It's uh, always uh, not only a thrilling thing to be here, but very humbling to have a part and have, be, feel so welcome and so loved. And uh, uh, I have celebrated now my 83rd birthday, and I'm halfway to the 84th. And many people look at me and marvel that I yet breathe. And, uh, but I'm doing pretty well and uh, happy to be here. I'm going to try to, uh, well, they've got me on the screen, so I don't need to spin around and try and greet everybody. But I do want to at least once look at all of you. And uh, then we'll depend on the cameras to take care of the rest. Thank you, Robert. It's you're, you're very welcome. humbling and you're very tolerant to continue. Uh, having the decrepit come into your service. <laughs> We're honored that you're here. I, I've, I've, when I was introducing, I was going to tell you that uh, Pastor Jack has written, I think, over 60 books and over 600 worship songs. And I said that in a conference one time, and he very humbly said, oh, I said over 600 songs. He said, yes, but only 100 of them ever got widespread distribution. He wrote the song Majesty, if you remember the song Majesty. And um, so, and a, a funny story is that he was the editor uh, in chief of the Spirit Filled Life Study Bible, brought together all the scholars and that. And we're, they're coming out with a new one this year, I believe, mm -hmm. that you also were the editor of. And um, so, when my daughter was young and Pastor Jack started coming to the church, she was probably about 10 years old, I gave her uh, a Bible with Pastor Jack, and I asked him to sign it for her. And uh, she's only 10, and I, I told her, explained, and I said, this is the, he was the editor, you know, of the Bible. And I don't think that registered with her, but a few weeks later, he would, Pastor Jack was speaking at the church, and so another little 10-year-old girl sat beside Elaine, and she said to Elaine, who is that? And Elaine went, duh, he wrote the Bible. <laughs> That's a great story. That's a great story. <laughs> so, um, well, Pastor Jack, I can't uh, start the interview without um, talking about the most significant person in your life for 62 years other than the Lord, and that was your gift from the Lord, Anna. And I just wanted you to share whatever you want to share about Anna or about her homegoing or, or whatever you want to share about Anna. Well, of course, uh, you've touched the nub of what yet is uh, uh, very emotional to discuss, even though Anna went to heaven last, uh, last March, March the 8th, uh, the lady that I was married to for 62 years uh, went, went to heaven, and uh, even I was reviewing today on the plane, remembering the evening that uh, uh, the nurse came and got me out of bed, and she said, her breathing is slowing right now, please come over and just uh, at the end of our, our bed, Anna's in my bed, they had put a hospital bed in the room where she'd been for the preceding two weeks in that bed. And uh, I went over and pulled the chair up close and started talking to her. And it is a, uh, to this moment, a very emotional thing to remember and a very, uh, humanly speaking, it's, it's an amazing thing to find yourself sitting not only uh, 
beside a person who has spent these many years with you that has been the dearest person in your life, closer to you, the mother of four children. Uh, the grandchildren continue to multiply quite remarkably presently. We're, uh, we have great, with great-grandchildren and a couple of great-great on the way. Uh, by the way, I'm a very old man, I want you to know. Uh, the, uh, th there's over 40, I think it's 46, or the number of people that are linked in, they have different surnames now because of marriage, marriages. But uh, anyway, there's a mob scene that is loose on the earth that all were born uh, from the seed of Jack and Anna. And that, that's a very, very moving thing to think about. But uh, the most touching, of course, was her home going. I don't like to say Anna died, she went home. And, uh, and I was, uh, actually, Robert, I think I told you this, it was uh, having so many years so close and so involved mutually in ministry. Uh, people often say, what's this been the secret of your ministry? Uh, beside Jesus, which is the most obvious, uh, the secret of my life has been my mom, my dad, and my wife, Anna. And that, that's not just a courtesy to each of them. It's a fact. Anything that has made my life work centers around those uh, three people and the living God. And uh, so when uh, she went, uh, I was seated there watching that lady just her head slipped down, and I will never forget how that there was a long sigh. And I had been thinking to myself, this is really happening. I'm watching my wife die. And right then, I changed talking about her dying to going to heaven. And she's not going to heaven anymore, she's there. <laughs> And we'll all join her someday. And I'm rejoicing in the peace of God and the joy of the Lord these many months later. But uh, since I was with you here at the church, other than for that uh, conference that uh, took place recently, I uh, am uh, been recovering, pretty much settled now, feel like uh, me again. And uh, for what that's worth, maybe it's dangerous. It's good. You, you told me, you leaned over to me during worship. We were clapping, and you told me how strange it was uh, that when you clap now, you don't feel your ring yeah. on your finger. Yes, that is, uh, Robert. It's very uncomfortable. Frequently, in the course of a day, you have a ring there for so long and it feels like there's, I feel like I lost a finger, you know. But uh, anyway, it's, uh, it is well, what it is. Um, I'm going to tell a story about Anna, but then if you want to think of a story you want to tell us about Anna or how you met or some significant event with Anna, um, I, I, I speak with Pastor Jack quite often on the phone, and during the time uh, when she was sick, uh, he was telling me, he said, I'm, 
I went in last night, like I always do. Anna goes to bed before me now because of the medicine. And I went in and talked to her for a while, prayed with her, and then I kissed her three times. And he said, I always kiss her three times. And I thought, knowing this spiritual giant, uh, I started thinking the Trinity three times, um, confirmation, two or three witnesses, What's the great spiritual revelation of why he kisses his wife three times every night? So I said to him, why do you kiss Anna three times every night? And he said, because it's fun. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. So is there any... Any uh, story about Anna or how y'all met or anything you want to share about Anna? Well, there's, there's not any particular story that comes to mind. Have you heard me tell one sometime and you're going to remind me of it? No, no. no. <laughs> I can't think of uh, one offhand, uh, but I, I really uh, am so... Uh, the story that's most memorable to me is the moment we met. You know, people will sometimes say from the moment they met, they'll say, uh, I immediately fell in love with a person. Love at first sight, things like that. And uh, that terminology doesn't really really fit, but I, when I, I had uh, been in the college where we both attended uh, the year before she came, I was a year ahead of her, and uh, I had come uh, back to school I uh, spent the summer earning money at home uh, to uh, up in my hometown uh, to get to help toward the tuition for the coming year. And when I came uh, back, I was walking around campus with a guy that was coming back with me from he was coming as a freshman was from my home church. And uh, Fred and I were walking around I was introducing him to people and I came upon this group of kids where, uh, I knew four of them, but there was uh, two that I had never met and walked up to them. And one of them was Anna's friend who had come with her from Nebraska to come to college where we attended. And it was Christian school. And uh, when uh, I walked up, I immediately noticed her. But it, I was not... She was a pretty girl, but I wasn't necessarily taken by her her looks but when I shook hands with her and was introduced these these uh, four new kids that were there were introduced each one when I shook her hand there was all I can say is that I knew that I wanted to go out with this girl and she, as I said, she's a pretty girl, but that had nothing to do with it. There's something in the way that she gripped my hand and I took her hand. It, was, it wasn't something romantic. It was the sense, I, I thought, this woman, and I knew this that instant, this woman is real. She is real. And that is the lady I married. Anna never... She never had anything she put on. She was a Nebraska girl from a small town. 
in central Nebraska. Some of you know of North Platte, Nebraska. And uh, uh, she was raised there and went to church there. From there, she came to Bible college. And uh, from that instant, uh, when we walked away with the buddy I was with when introducing him to kids, I said, Fred, you know the short one with the long hair? And he said, yeah. I said, I'm going to take her out. Eight days later, I did, and we were together. <laughs> we were together from that time on. So uh, I got a ringer the first time. It was, <laughs> <laughs> and I mean that in the best use of the, taint, of the term. That's what you get when the, basket, the basketball player sings it from midcourt with three seconds left in the game. You got a ringer. <laughs> That's great. Well, um, one of the things that you've written about and preached on a lot is the subject of worship. And I've heard you share things about worship and how it's more than just singing songs, but there's an intimacy there with the Lord. So will you share something with us about, about worship? You know, it's a, uh, a difficult thing to know how to approach so huge a concept have, as to begin with God, but uh, with this worshiping God. Years ago, and Robert, you're very aware of this, worship came to be kind of the theme of my ministry, not by any particular nobility of my righteous behavior or something like that, but with a... Uh, an issue that so it's, it's such a common word to our language as believers. Uh, we, we go to worship. We, we gather for worship. Uh, there's a worship choir. There's a worship leadership. There's it, so forth. And the term is used so common. But the word worship essentially means to ascribe worth. That, that's to begin with. It's to declare something is worth something. Uh, We've used the word without thinking of those terms. Somebody will say of someone that he's uh, fallen in love with or something or been charmed into some dizzy excitement over the possibility of a relationship. It says he worships the ground she uh, walks on, something like that. Uh, the terms is used, though, expressing something that is worthy and valued and uh, not for its its sake, the worship, but for the sake of what the worship is displayed toward or expressed toward. And uh, when the idea of worship uh, really became revitalized in the church many years ago, almost simultaneous with the time that we came to a tiny little congregation in uh, Van Nuys, California, which is uh, one of the principal suburbs of Los Angeles, and uh, we had, I had been dean of students and a member of the faculty at the college that uh, Anna and I had attended. Now we'd been out in ministry, come back. I served as national youth director for the denomination we were a part of and then uh, was asked to become dean of students at the college. And the, there came a time we felt the Lord was speaking to us about pastoring. And the Lord, uh, we had an opportunity to go to a church that was a fairly sizable church for as young as we were, a church of uh, three or 400 people we would begin with. 
And the Lord said, I don't want you to go there. And uh, I was really disappointed in his, his opinion and uh, because it was a really good opportunity. And I, I tried not to say much to him about it, but he figured out that I had the feeling and uh, reprimanded me for it. And I got on my face before him and I said, I'm sorry, Lord. And I remember, Robert, I remember that was one of the vital encounters of my life on a floor in a closet, crying like a baby, beating on the floor and saying, Lord, I am sorry, I am sorry. Whatever you say you want me to be, I'll be it for the rest of my life. And I was thinking in terms of a size of church, and I thought at the time, I said, I said, Lord, give me a church of three people, and I'll serve them if that's what you call me to do. And I meant it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't you, you can't try it. You can try and con God, you know, but you, you don't get there. And so... I was uh, just with all my heart weeping. And, uh, and the Lord, not long after that, I was driving down the freeway and the Lord said, this little church he taken to us, us to, he said, I've set myself to do a great work. And I said, Lord, why would you let me have a part in a great work? And he said, When have you ever done anything I haven't blessed? And that was true. The Lord always blessed my life with favor. And I, as I said, attribute that to my mom and my dad and my wife. But uh, I, I began weeping and I pulled over to the side of the freeway and I, I, didn't, I didn't really know what to do, I just regained my composure and went home and told Anna about the encounter I'd had with the Lord. And then uh, we came to that little church and uh, God just over the years exploded it. Became at that time, one of the larger churches in the country. How many people were there when you went to that church? There were 23 people. 23. Yeah. And the church grew to many thousands. And uh, so, uh, it was, it's a God thing, you know. You, you, don't, you don't produce that kind of stuff. If you think you do, then you've begun to think you're God and you will have a tailspin in a wreck somewhere. <laughs> so uh, I, don't, I don't know how I got to there. Did you ask me something else that I got there on my own? I asked you about worship, but that was great. <laughs> well, worship was the key. When we went it there, was. it was when I went there that I had gone to a worship conference. Uh, the, the Assemblies of God had sponsored uh, and welcoming all parts of the body of Christ in St. Louis to come to a conference on worship, a national leadership conference on worship. And they had a reserve section way up in, the, uh, in St. Louis in the uh, city hall, or it was not city hall, the, whatever the arena was. And... Uh, I was sitting way up there. They had a visitor section. It was filled with, oh, I don't know, thousands of Assembly of God pastors. And the uh, uh, worship, the first person that spoke on worship, his name is Ray Stedman, who was the head of their school in Minneapolis at the time. And he spoke on worship and that where there will be worship, he took the text from Revelation that the 
the angels of God and the glory of God come to that place where people will worship. That the glory and the Lord said, I will not give my glory to another. And that's what I wondered. The Lord said, but he will give his glory, his presence that is, not the credit, glory of credit, but the glory of his presence. I will give my glory if you'll worship me. Well, that's not just something for a congregation. When you make up your mind to say, Lord, I will bow my heart to you and walk in humility before you and recognize, present my days to you. I will. It's not a matter of religious sounds. It's not a matter of acquired holiness. Holiness, by the way, is the byproduct of worship. You become like the Lord. Holiness really doesn't have to do, I've already said this, with religious things. It has to do with the nature of God invading and pervading yours. And those things come out of worship. And uh, your face will shine. Uh, your eyes will light up. And it won't be anything that gleams around people, but people will see the shine in you. And that draws people to Jesus. It really does, Robert. People see that. They may not even comment on it, but they'll watch you. And then maybe after you've worked with them for six or seven years, one day they'll come and they'll just say, you know, I, I can't figure you out. You know, you just always seem, they'll describe how you seem other than that you don't wear deodorant. You know, I think I said that. And uh, the uh, they'll say, it's, it's just, what, what, what is this with you? But anyway, it'll open doors that way. And, and then, of course, in the meantime, your home is filled with praise. You're, get in the car in the morning, you know, before you turn the radio on, unless you turn on and, you know, stick a disc in and get some music going and sing with it. Uh, the, uh, praise the Lord, sing. You say, well, I don't have a good voice. Listen, folks, God's not running a talent contest. You know, he's just saying, saying. Turn to somebody next to you and tell them, saying. Yeah, go on. There were several people over here who didn't say that to somebody. <laughs> I can feel an absence of a complete resonance in the room. Now... If you already said it to somebody, say it to somebody else, but if you didn't, God's going to get you if you don't this time. Uh, well, go ahead, say it. <laughs> Sing. Worship helps us see one another the way that the Lord wants us to see them. And uh, because as I have... Uh, come along through these moments of sharing with you with this self-consciousness of what has been a reality with me. I discovered this from an examination I had the other day. Uh, I'm, I already told you my age. And when I had this examination, they were describing to me the pathway of my future. 
by the way that a series of interviews had manifest, in fact, is where my mind is, and uh, uh, they observed that it's beginning to slip at some level. Uh, I, uh, I didn't tell this to Robert before he invited me. And uh, so as the, uh, I come to uh, moments like this, Robert, I feel that uh, I may have reiterated some things uh, unnecessarily, uh, an unnecessary number of times. But I do feel that the Lord wants you to hear the heart of Jesus in my words, that he wants to make himself real to you, to reveal himself through you. And it will change your behavior when you look at the face of people around you and realize that irrespective of how they show the face of Jesus, they are made in the image of God. And when that hit me like a ton of bricks, I thought, dear Lord, every person that walks the face of the earth was in some respect given to display something of God's creative genius. Again, it's not that God has a look that has to do with what nationality you are or anything that has to do with physical recognition. But there is something of himself. When a church like this one grows, it grows because people learn that whether they thought of it in those terms, they're learning to love people. Well, the joy of being a gateway is the church just keeps growing. And I know it's because you, you love the church, but the church, again, is not a building. You love Robert, and he's, he and Debbie are worthy people to love as leaders. Because, as I said, there's, you never find any more real people, except there's a whole lot of them in this church, a whole lot of very, very real people. And the more you be real, the more real people uh, become the mirror of you and the, the world starts changing everywhere you go. I'm trying to remember the first time I came to the church, Robert, and it was another building, wasn't it? Yeah, it was the other building. It's 2005, which that building is now the King's University. So. And uh, the, uh, the coming here every time is just exciting because the growth is people. And uh, I've said enough. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. I want to um, ask you to stand with me. And I want to ask Pastor Jack to pray over us. Then we'll have the campus pastors come and, and um, we'll have a time, altar ministry time like we normally do. But I'd like for you just to take your, the hand of the person beside you. And if you wanna, at every campus, stretch across the aisles or however. And I want you to receive 
uh, a father's blessing from one of our spiritual fathers. So, Pastor Jack, will you pray for us? I want to say before I begin praying for you, and it will not be a long prayer, uh, the, uh, I want to say that when I ask you to lift your hands together with me, just don't, don't rip it out of the socket of the person next to you, but do uh, cooperate and lift your hands at least like this. And let's make this a collective prayer. After I pray, then I'll say, now will you join me? Okay, you can keep your hands up now. Father, as I scan this congregation and rejoice in the host that is here, how amazing it is to realize that the seed that is planted in these that are here, seed in profusion, is more than enough to change the world by what would grow out of it. We plant corn and there are so, so many seeds just in one ear, so many ears on just one plant, so many plants in several rows, and so many rows in a garden or then in a farm. There's seed everywhere, but we each one come to be accountable for that life-giving seed that is in us, realizing that we can learn ways to bear witness and it's worthy to learn how to speak intelligibly and sensibly the good news of Jesus to those that we work with. But more than anything, the winsomeness, the graciousness, the genuineness that is begotten in us as Jesus takes over in us each one. That's what will change the response of everyone around us in our world because they recognize that same reality as when you walked the shores of Galilee and the streets of Jerusalem and people saw you. They saw God in the flesh. And as you incarnate by your spirit, the life of Jesus in us. Let the love of Jesus abound. And so we lift our hands together. Now lift them higher, if you will, together. And let me lead you, say it. Father God, by your spirit and for your glory, pour out upon us as a congregation, as families, as individuals, as citizens, as people who are called after your name, pour out your spirit in ever-increasing fullness and lead us to ever-increasing depths. As we stand near in this new year, let this be a year of increasing the tide of the flow of the river of God through Gateway Church and through me. In Jesus' name. Now seal this with an applause and praise to his name. Go ahead. Praise the name of the Lord.